Coming to you live from Windstorm 2021 at the American Contractor stage. Check it out, American Contractor Show. All right, guys, we're back again here at the American Contractor Show booth with uh, my good friends from McClinney Mosley and Associates. We got Pate, Neil, and uh, James is here. So, dude, thank you for showing up, man, and being a part of this. You guys, all of you. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah, guys. So uh, today we kind of want to talk a little bit and uh, find out what's going on with you guys and how things are going on the claims side. And there's a lot of things going on. And Large Lost Launch, if you guys don't follow them, check them out. We've got a great show that they put on every week. Uh, super informative Appreciate and uh, yeah thank you guys for being here yeah man um, we got Neil obviously our partner out of Alabama um, he's really taken I'd say a uh, aggressive role in the firm um, and I, 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 I think maybe have one of, aggressive. So aggressive. maybe one of the first lawsuits filed on a commercial claim on a hurricane hurricane Sally yeah hurricane Sally yep, uh, just last week so. yep so that's that's pretty uh pretty fun we got that uh, Neil Go into that loss a little bit as much as you can without providing too much detail and kind of what what it's been like experiencing that on Sally, on the yeah. plaintiff side. Yeah, so I guess give a little background on myself. Before I came over to MMA, I worked with a very large national defense firm um, and did that for about eight years. And when I did that work, I worked for a lot of the insurance carriers, a lot of the commercial insurance carriers um, like Lloyd's and Chubb, Ace, and did a lot of work um, with those carriers. And so it's interesting to do that and then come over and experience the first party plaintiff side, especially post Sally, because Sally in my neck of woods where the office is located in Fairhope, it devastated the area. It was a horrible hurricane. Um, even my house took a tree. Uh, my whole neighborhood was basically destroyed. We didn't have power for four to five days. Um, so it was fun. And that was around the same time where I came to MMA. And so from there, you know, we're handing a lot of commercial claims down in Gulf Shores and Orange Beach, um, a lot of residentials, North Baldwin County. And it's just been, it's been fun. But dealing, I guess knowing now, dealing with a lot of those cares is completely frustrating. And it's a headache. <laughs> and it's the reason why you have to be aggressive in handling those claims, because you really have to set yourself apart as a plaintiff's lawyer who are handling first party and let the carrier know that, no, I'm not gonna be some pushover. I'm not gonna be some, you know, attorney who's just going to sit here and let this file die. I'm going to be at it every day, every night, every night being at two o'clock in the morning while you're in the bathroom, sending emails to adjusters to get them to respond. So that's why it's necessary to be aggressive because you just got to put yourself out there and make sure that whenever your firm's on that letterhead on that complaint, they know that's going to be a task to respond. So it's been fun. I love it. Love these guys. You know, I've known Pate. Um, since college, we went to college together and law school together. So we had the single weirdest class in Alabama. We took together. There's which one? <laughs> the the Russian politics. Class. Oh yes, Russian Ukrainian politics. That was yes, Doctor Chotner. Yeah, horrible stuff. You don't even want to get in there. We don't have enough time on the podcast to talk. No about chance. That. <laughs> no, dude, that's that's super cool, and it's really interesting to hear like your transition, though. Oh yeah. Because you know we all think that. I think a lot of attorneys especially think that switching over to doing like first party 
claim work like what you guys do is is a lot easier than what you know other attorneys are dealing with but in reality it's the complete opposite huh yeah it's funny you say that so when i was in the defense world i always thought plaintiff's life was easier i really did i was like plaintiffs haven't made you know all they have to do is manage claims they don't have to sit here and push paper bill their hours you know do their work <laughs> emails and you know, all that fun stuff but i will say that ever since you know i made the switch from defense lawyer to plaintiff's lawyer that the work has exponentially gotten not only harder because it's harder really to push these cases but it is very time consuming and i've it has been an epiphany over the past you know five to seven months and realizing that it isn't just you know attorneys sitting back and you know twiddling their thumbs it is every day nonstop, you know almost 24 hours a day seven days a week of just grinding and it's tough and yeah. it's really tough and i didn't realize that you know a year ago it's crazy man it's a crazy thing so yeah but it's good to have you on the team. Yeah. Seems like you're a good fit, and uh, everyone's really excited about it. So, um, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in uh, the world right now with some of these old claims that are hitting right now. I mean, we haven't really gotten. I'm sure you guys haven't gotten any 21 claims yet, right? 2021 stuff. Yeah, some. Yeah, we've been oh, yeah. some stuff already for sure. Okay, yeah, I wasn't I mean, sure. We've been how, working how, all this stuff from Superstorm Yuri, which was essentially oh yeah the the pipe breaks, the pipe right. yeah. So, right. I mean, it was negative seven in montgomery like negative 14 in dallas and so we're obviously not built for that in texas no but um no i mean we've been dealing with a lot of those since day one and so this is taking up a sizable amount of time i mean i think everybody thought we were going to get a quarter one off after uh, eight straight hurricanes last year and it's crazy man. i think that we've just i mean yeah it has eclipsed that though i mean it's it's just become an, an astronomical undertaking so far this year but no no complaints all good do you guys think that um, the volume is going to be overwhelming throughout this year? That it's going to maybe, if we get another crazy hurricane season or a bunch of storms come through, like how's that going to affect everything? Uh, I mean, as far as on the legal side, I don't really think that the volume is going to be something that we necessarily, well, I guess let me step back. We manage it in-house just from the standpoint of, I think we've got a very good vetting process, right? And so... I mean, you can ask a lot of these gentlemen that are standing around here. I mean, we go touch our projects. We go look at them. We'll meet with your insureds. We'll actually do the work and make sure that it's a valid claim. So we don't get a whole, it's not a high volume game, right? I mean, we're not doing thousands and thousands of them, right? So I, I think that that definitely differentiates us from other law firms, meaning that their intake and what they do is just drastically different from a marketing side. Um, but I do think we will see kind of a, an apex at some point in time this year where we say, you know, what's comfortable, what's enough, how do we maintain that? Because, I mean, we're at, you know, I think we just hired our 20th attorney. We've got a little over 50 support staff. I mean, it's an army now. And, you know, running that down the streets is just very expensive. It's a lot of moving parts. And like Neil said, I mean, the misnomer is the defense counsels think that they like to bill 2,000 hours. I mean, if I got paid by the hour, I'd be rich. Yeah, for <laughs> no sure. Kidding. Right? Like, I mean, we, I mean, you put in 80 and 100-hour weeks every week, 52 weeks a year, right? And it never stops. So, I mean, I definitely I appreciate the, uh, the claims. I appreciate the storms. Uh, but I do think a lot of the industry is going to hit kind of that that apex of what they can and can't handle this year. I think, uh, too, from looking at a standpoint on how claims are getting paid and, you know, we just, you sat on that panel where the guy was talking about um, a particular carrier in Illinois and kind of how they were acting and then some things we've seen in Missouri and Oklahoma 
um, where maybe they're um, trying different tactics to decrease risk and loss. I, I, I don't think it matters really, you know, from my standpoint, if we have big hurricanes because um, they're looking at decreasing um, loss and decreasing exposure through various guidelines and on the law side it seems that these guys um, you know are kind of on the front line of battling those guidelines and uh, just because it's a guideline doesn't mean it's necessarily just and uh, that's one thing that I've enjoyed seeing is how Neil and James you know are very much hands-on on their losses I got to go with James and watch him do a pretty sizable eight-figure loss recently and that was awesome and I've gone with Neil on some larger losses and I've gone with Neil on a $700,000 residential with a $200,000 roof and uh, you know the one thing I like about these guys is they know their craft uh, and the stuff they don't know they're smart enough to put people in place to handle that and I think when you look and you're battling guidelines you're battling uh, internal adjuster education or a TPA firm that it's important to have people that are knowledgeable and that do go out and touch these losses. Yeah, and you, you guys definitely, like, sacrifice a lot to do what you guys do. I mean, I spent a week with you guys in uh, Lake Charles last year, and, you know, you guys were living in an RV, like, barely had any electricity. Like, we were, like, literally running generators 24-7. Yeah, we didn't uh, have power for seven weeks. There's, yeah. a, there's a famous picture of James and Pate um, in that RV <laughs> sleeping in the same bed. That wasn't that RV. That was actually an that RV in, that we that knocked was, on doors until Gulf we Shores, found a Alabama. room. That was only That'll be on the uncut version right? <laughs> of, of the contractor series. No, but, but no, you're right. And look, I mean, the entire industry sacrifices a lot. I mean, I spent almost 200 days on the road last year, and Pate does about the same thing. Neil does about the same thing, right? And... The unfortunate aspect of our business is that hurricanes don't always happen in your backyard, right? right. So, you know, I give up, you know, every morning with my daughter, every morning with my son, right? You don't get to see your wife in the evening. But they also understand that, you know, the millions of people that we help as an industry and what we do here, I mean, it would be drastically different if we didn't. Just think about how unfair it is still. It's so and just think unfair. if there were, if yeah. there weren't people out there that would actually hold somebody accountable. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you, I mean, you travel for work, you travel for life. I mean, it just kind of is what we do. So No, but it's not, like, enjoyable in any way, shape, or form. It's horrible. It's horrible. I've, yeah. I've drived uh, in the airport in Omaha before because I did not want to <laughs> get on a flight. Like, I, I sat in there and was just like... <sighs> In the, in the because I knew I was going to be gone for in the, two weeks. In the famous yeah. words of James McClenney, he would say, welcome to the suck. Welcome to the suck. <laughs> so I, I, I sat down with a contractor a couple weeks ago, and he said, hey, man, he goes, how do you explain to your family that you're gone all the time? And I said, uh, it just comes with the business, right? And you got to have a good partner at home. Everything else has got to be squared away. But what was funny is he said, the reason I ask is he goes, I was dating this girl and uh, uh, he goes, a, a hailstorm happened, and I told her that I was gonna, I had to go out of town, and she was like, "Cool, I'll see you in a couple of weeks." He was like, "Literally, I'll see you in like eight months, <laughs> right?" And that's what we do, right? We go, we move to those parts of the country, we stay there, and so you know, that's that untold, that unsung, right? I mean, nobody really sees that. They see this, they see these big, you know, trade shows and everything. We all get together, but then we all go do drastically different things. But we live on this you know kind of this teeter of you know home away home away and there's a lot of times where i book flights and 
uh, I don't necessarily book a return because I don't know One way when I'm going and where I'm going from there. And so uh, I think that's a hard thing. I think she's really good about uh, accepting this, um, you know, and I've, I have, yeah, I've personally she's now. Great. What's that? She's great. She's great. Yeah, I, I've personally tried to be more uh, purposeful when I am home. Like my 2021 goals, uh, I have no financial goals, no anything other than um, when I'm home, be present and be there, put the phone up, do whatever, uh, wrestle with my kids more, um, and like learn to relax, right? And I think when you're in the business that we're in, it can be tough because there's never a time where we don't have 15 fires to put out. But I think when you look and uh, Neil actually does this really well. Um, I lived with Neil for like two or three weeks. God bless um, me. Yeah, <laughs> and God bless your, Neil's wife, man. Uh, they story. fed me, washed my clothes. But I, I learned this from Neil. Um, you know, we'd get in, and it'd be the evening, and uh, Neil would spend the evenings with, uh, with his wife, and he'd put the phone down, and when she'd go to bed, you know, he and I might pound out another All two right, hours of work. But uh, I think it's important that when you are home to be purposeful and then when you're not home to just go out there and slay dragon after dragon and kill it every single day because you're not there to just hang out. You're there to wake up every day, kill something, and drag it back to the cave. Yeah, yeah. I work with a guy, Andrew York will tell you, it's, you know, whenever you're off work, you're off work. You know, get off the grid. But when you get to the office, you show up with a purpose and you start. So every time I show up to the office, they know I'm there. It's basically me kicking the door in and saying, let's go. So, so I knew <laughs> it's I, 100 miles an hour. So when we hired Pate last year, I knew I hired a good employee. So I, uh, you know, I, I have waterproof headphones for a reason, right? You know, take a shower, do a conference call, that fun stuff, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Pate and I'm like, are you in the shower? And he goes, I'm in the shower. I said, I'm in the shower. I have to get off this phone call. You know, I was like, I knew we were both committed, right? And so, you know, you kind of give yourself to the industry. It's definitely there. Um, but you have to be appreciative of the folks that are around you because everybody does it just as hard as you do. If James calls, I know to answer because he's not, like, just hitting me up to chat. Like, what's up, dude? Yeah, like, usually, typically, there's something There's an agenda. to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> No, guys, I got mad respect for you. Like, I've seen it firsthand. I know what you guys are doing day in and day out, and it's yeah. it's so commendable. Appreciate so, it. So uh, let me ask you this. What's been one of the big things that you guys are dealing with right now that's probably super frustrating in the industry that you guys wish you could change? Because um, you guys have a different perspective than most of us, so that's what I'd like to hear from you guys. Yeah, I mean, our average file last year was a little over $2 million. So, you know, I think what we see on, on that side of the, like, commercial litigation, right? And so it's, it's far more than just roofing claims at that point, right? You're doing business interruption. You're doing content. You're doing tenant relocation. You know, you're doing 1,500 doors in a... Um, let's say like a multifamily situation and you have to relocate all those individuals after a hurricane. So I think the biggest or the most prevalent thing we're seeing right now is that the carriers are truly behind, right? So when we went into Sally, you had to understand, so we had already been on the ground for five, what was it? Almost no, it was three months. So we had Laura, then we had Sally, then we had Delta, then we had Zeta, and we started in Hannah, and we ended at the end of the year eight hurricanes in, right? And literally, when myself and you were talking with the adjuster on um, a property, I mean, 
they're really trying to let you know that they don't have any room right they're asking for requests from let's say like lloyds of london and they're saying hey we're trying to get a response hey i need a 10 million dollar advance because by the way we're 30 million in on mitigation and you haven't paid anything and they say we sent that request seven weeks ago and i've followed up every week since then and i think the the industry as a whole like you said earlier they're just kind of tapped yep. right and you're not getting the same responses that you used to because honestly both sides are unable to keep up right now I mean, I don't think anybody ever envisioned a world where we would say we had 14 sizable hailstorms, two freezes, eight hurricanes, and all in a 12-month period, right? I mean, I, I remember, you know, what was it, Hurricane Ike, and then after that, I was literally like, man, I wish it would hail today. We could really use some, some more work, right? Now I'm like, just please, no hail. Yeah, I could use no like hail. about a quarter off for right? disasters. About <laughs> a quarter, so, no disasters. So if we're say, you have to understand, if we're saying that, and we're literally telling you that we are busy, right, the carriers are astronomically overwhelmed, yeah. right? And I think that's what we're seeing across the board. I don't care if it's a uh, hundred million dollar loss. I don't care if it's fifty thousand dollar roofs, right? I think it's synonymous right now. So essentially, we need to learn to be more patient. Not only pay I think both sides. Okay, yeah. Not, yeah. so I'm going to say this, and another thing I learned from Neil. Uh, Neil is aggressive on the amount of emails he sends, but I know the reason he sends them at that volume is so that they're all the time at the top of the adjusters emails yep. right so he knows if he hits them every single day or twice a day how many times you do it Neil it's the heart for rule if you if they don't respond you hit them four times in one day mm -hmm. <laughs> and it seems like a lot you're probably thinking why is this guy sending these carriers four emails or one claim looks, per day it looks good when you get it's, in trial it's, it's when you get on the oh, Saturday yeah, yeah you, you get on Saturday Sunday you send emails then come Monday this adjusters looking at 12 emails he hasn't responded and those those adjusters those carriers have CRMs that they use and mm -hmm. so whenever their diaries come up on their calendar to get on your case they open that file and they're gonna see a dozen emails from me about the same thing and so it's gonna not only prompt them and you know get them to do the things that I want them to do but it's gonna make sure that they have attention on that file which right. is the priority which is what you want yeah that's a smart thing to do should contractors be doing that you know, I, I mean, I so I look at it like this, right? I don't, a lot. I, I don't think, <laughs> I'm asking the question. I don't think too much communication is ever bad, right? Yeah. Because the same way with a customer, right? So if you're having an issue with an insurance company and then your customer comes to you and says, hey, hey why haven't you got this funded yet, right? You know, you look bad in, in bad form, right? And if you don't have the information to back it up and say, I've been diligently working towards this, right? You know, sure, they haven't responded in 30 days, but have emailed them 30 times. Yep. Right? Yeah. They've had our estimate. They've had our demand. We're on their radar. We've already produ produced our moisture maps. We've sent them the mitigation scope. All of that information's out there, right? So they can't say that it didn't happen. Please confirm reception of this email. That's everything, right? So, you know, they can be angry with the process, and we all get angry with it, right? But the amount of information that you have when you do get down the road and you do reach that, like, you know, crux or cross, and you say, today's the day that we sue. Um, you know, all of that information becomes paramount yep. yeah. right then and there. It shows it, a whole it's, different... It's yeah. setting timelines. You yep. want to set those timelines appropriately. So if you've got an issue where the, you, you've got a stat, the carrier has a statutory duty to respond, 
and you're sending emails upon emails upon emails without getting receipt on them or without them responding to it, well then that's a problem because you can show bad faith with that. So that's why I always like sending the emails is to set their timelines. But I will say this as it goes to contractors. So a good thing that contractors can do in order to do send those emails to get those out is to hire somebody like a claims <laughs> manager. Yeah. I know it's a lot because no, contractors, they don't have the time to sit there and send emails like that to carriers or really respond to carriers. If you've got a large portfolio of business, the smartest thing any contractor can do is hire somebody to do that specific task. And you don't have to pay them that much, but you're making sure that your business is getting uh, top priority with the claims that you're doing but it also is doing everything from a contractor standpoint and getting everything to the carrier because I know that you guys don't have time to get all that together. John, is that what balance does typically over there? Typically, yeah. I mean, they have they have timelines for when their emails go out, but just like everyone else, we use a CRM as well. Yeah. And so everything has to go out on a certain time period. But even then, I mean, we're overwhelmed. Right. I mean, yeah. my average supplementer has between 80 and 120 files open at a time. Yep. So that means that it's a three-day at a three-day touch point. That means they can only hit what forty files a day. Yeah, and that's, that's a, a lot. Forty dude. to fifty Bro, files a day. A that's a ton of files yeah. a day. That is a lot. That is so, wild. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've seen contractors going and like actually moving in to hire a media relations person, right? You know, better training their PMs, their project managers that are on the ground, how to have that information flow with the customer, set those proper expectations, because you know you can be really great at your craft, right? And then you have that one person that takes away from that because maybe they can't articulate what the actual issue is. They may, may they may be the world's greatest roofer. They're probably not the world's greatest orator. They probably don't know how to issue spot, right? You're looking at things from a 3,000 foot view. So um, you know anything that somebody can do as a company wise in order to make sure that you can better present that evidence to your customer and to an insurance company is, I, I mean, I, I always think beneficial, so. Yeah, for sure. Great, great, great. Uh Great concepts here because that's something that we we need to do better of, I think, as contractors in general. So for sure, for sure, guys, I'm really excited. You guys are going to be at the Storm Summit in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about Absolutely. all these issues and much more. Uh, April 15th and 16th, and I think that's going to be really amazing. I really appreciate you guys uh, coming out and doing that for sure and being a part of that because I think uh, the knowledge that you guys have on a practical level is so amazing. Like not just on the legal side, but you guys are like the full the full package. I feel like a lot of times Appreciate because it. you guys do. I mean, James, you were in, you were a contractor. You come mm-hmm. kind of the same background I do. Pete, you've been in this forever. Neil, I don't know about you, but I think you can. You'll probably figure it out if you hang around with James and oh, I. I grew up in a, c- a construction family. <laughs> and, you know, part of what I did before I came over to MMA was construction defect litigation. I tried cases across the country so, so yeah that was all you're I, in, did. Dude. I was it that's, and that's what i love about mma life. though you guys are truly serving this industry in a really unique capacity so i really appreciate what you guys are doing we, uh, appreciate so that kind of a cool story on neil and his construction knowledge um <laughs> recently we were at a loss in i mean what town was what town were we in neil uh, oh man i've been in so many towns um, was that the little <laughs> that little island Oh, you. yeah. Um, no, Ono Island in Ono Alabama. Island. That's where it was. So it was Neil, myself, uh, and a, the contractor, and then the carrier, um, their contractor, and then there was a separate contractor for the ex, for the uh, stucco. And, man, Neil, uh, Neil did a pretty bang-up job on shredding this guy out there in the, uh, in the <laughs> field. And it, it was not just on, you know, policy or – contract law but it was also because he understood the construction aspects of the claim and you know knowing the difference between like 
direct nail and batten system, knowing the difference in um, how our value affects ISO and how to get over those things when the carrier says, oh, this is uh, a cosmetic issue. And you're like, whoa, 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 hold on. You can't, there's not such thing as cosmetic on <laughs> modified bitumen. And uh, I think having these guys, having that knowledge, being able to do that really, really That's matters to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I totally agree. It's a game changer for, a, for our industry to have such knowledgeable experts that know construction and then couple that with the law that, laws that you guys know. You guys know all the laws, right? All of them. So If we don't, we pretend <laughs> like we do. Or ask right. questions. <laughs> no, I'm guys, I, I really appreciate you so much. Yeah, and thank you for Thanks, uh, stopping by the booth yeah, John. and for saying hey and for uh, sharing some knowledge with the industry. And I can't wait to see you guys in a couple weeks and uh, share a lot more knowledge. So yeah, we'll man, put dude. you guys on the stage and let you guys just go at it. It's going to awesome. be awesome. So Sounds yeah, good. Looking thank you, guys. Appreciate we'll see you guys, guys next Thanks. next time here at uh, the booth. So see you guys soon. See ya. We're out. Thanks so much for watching today's show. Make sure to like and subscribe our pages so that you can stay up to date with every episode. And by the way, this show is all about you, the American contractor. Be sure to comment, let us know what you want to hear about and what subjects you want us to touch on. We'll be sure to include them in a future episode. Thanks again and I hope you have a great day.